Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Rotten Horror Picture Show, the horror movie podcast where we talk about films off the Rotten Tomatoes 200 Best Horror Movies list of all time. My name is Clay. With me, as always, is Amanda. How are you doing, Amanda? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Good friend. However, we have some housekeeping to deal with. Okay. Because today's episode, Mm. we are talking about one of the greatest um, horror movies full stop, if not, uh, well, I should say horror movies full stop in addition to being one of the best sequels, Mm. Bride of Frankenstein, Mm -hmm. which when we last recorded came up as number 11 on our list. Yes. It has now changed between the time we said that and the time we have recorded this. And it is not the only thing that has changed. The great shift of 2023. Yes. (laughs) There has been not just a shift. Mm. I would call it a complete overhaul. Okay. Of our list. Bride of Frankenstein last week, mm-hmm. when or when you last listened to us. <laughs> when was, last we spoke. When last we spoke, was number 11. It is now number 20. Okay. Not a huge shift. Yeah. In addition to that shift, mm-hmm. there have been um, 15 movies that we have covered. I'm sorry. I may as well just do this accurately instead of just trying to wing it here. <laughs> Uh, every single movie on the on the list has shifted places except for one. Jesus Christ! And I know okay. I asked. I don't know if you. Rem- I know I asked you this before. Do you remember the one that didn't move? Ah, uh, shit! Was it like phenomenon or something? No, you'd think maybe. Oh, the top movie, number one. Yeah, didn't move, or the bottom movie maybe didn't move. Nope. Yeah. Number ten, A Quiet Place, is the <sighs> only movie right. that has not moved. That's right. You did. Holding fast at number. At number 10. Clinging silently on. But we uh, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen movies that we have done which have been removed. Removed? Removed from the list are the following films. Wow. Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Boo. Ginger Snaps. Ginger Boo. Snaps has had a really interesting up and down because it started yeah. at number 131, mm-hmm. went to 144, mm-hmm. 128, 129, 147, and then off the list. Wow. Uh, the original Candyman, off the list. <gasps> the no. remake, still on the list. No. Uh, Wreck is now off the list. <laughs> Oculus is off the list. Yeah. Your Next, off the list. Hmm. Deep Red is off the list. Boo. Uh, Phantasm is off the list, so maybe, you know, I understand collateral damage when you, you're trying to hit a target, <laughs> and maybe we hit the target, I'm not it sure. It was just too much spray. <clears throat> uh, the Platform has been removed. Eh. Scream 2. Scream 5 and 6 are on the list now, but Scream 2 has been removed. <sighs> it's Alive has been removed. The Algorithm Man. Creature from the Black Lagoon is gone. The Aww. Host is gone. Uh, La Llorona is gone, Night of the Comet is gone, and The Brood is gone. Wow. Yes. That took out some biggies. It did. It did. And uh, some interesting shifts of movies we have already done Mm -hmm. are uh, uh, Dead Alive, which started Mm -hmm. at 125, (laughs) went to 134, 136, 137, and then jumped up to 89 now. What? (laughs) What what are you all doing out there? What is know. what is happening? House of the Devil has dropped uh, about thirty spots from well, actually about from it started at one forty three. It's now mm. at one eighty three after shifting mm. a bit. Halloween twenty eighteen 
It was mm. at 91 originally. It is now 187. Huh. John Carpenter's The Thing has jumped up about 40 spots to oh. get to number 102. Okay. Fright Night um, has dropped from 110 to 173. Uh, it has dropped 40 places from 42 to 81. Hmm. Poltergeist went from uh, 140 to 114. Hereditary went from 18 to 85. Wow. <clears throat> Quiet Place Part 2, uh, when we did it, was not on the list. No, I'm mm. sorry. It started at 60, then mm. it was off the list, and now it's back on at 24. American Werewolf in London went from 132 to number 78. 28 Days Later has moved from 108 to 68. Mandy mm. has moved from 42 to 109. The Witch wow. has dropped from 31 to 123. Nightmare on Elm Street has dropped from has moved up from 73 to 37. Wow. Uh, the Ring, the Ring had a huge jump, going from 192 to 27. Oof. I don't know. Um, the Exorcist has had dropped 60 places from 126 to 140 no i'm sorry 20 my math is bad <laughs> has dropped from 126 to 145 mm-hmm. and probably one it's not the biggest change but the most interesting change is that i believe previously the number one movie was psycho mm-hmm. now the number one movie is alien interesting <clears throat> yes the uh uh the, my favorite part about mm. this, which mm. is, I guess, maybe a positive, mm-hmm. is there are a number of wild card movies that we have already covered, which are now on the list. All right. Um, Return of the Living Dead, now making a debut <laughs> at number 87. Okay. The Autopsy of Jane Doe, debuting at 162. Okay. Uh, Whatever Happened to Baby Jane, hey. debuting at 55, and that's it so far. Um and we so have. So I want to poo-poo everyone who tried to argue with me that Whatever Happened to Baby Jane wasn't a horror movie. Yeah, well... <laughs> I think you could still have that argument, but uh, Shh, no. <clears throat> um, just to give a quick rundown of what has been added to the list, mm. because I don't entirely know everything that's been taken off. Yeah, we have uh, what we do. Uh, some so this is going to be even more controversial than it was previously. Oh boy, because there are some of these movies that I would argue are not horror movies, and mm. I would, and that are just straight out comedies. Mm. Which that's like more comedy than say. Evil, or Evil Dead or Dead Alive. They're yeah. just like comedies. Yeah. For instance, we've got What We Do in the Shadows. Which I love, but yeah. I don't know if I'd put that on the list. I don't know list. if I would call that a horror movie. <laughs> uh, Diabolique, huh. Talk to Me, okay. Prey, the Predator movie, Yeah. Uh, Megan, the original Godzilla, hmm. Pearl and X are both on here, so I'm excited cool. about that. Uh, George Romero's The Amusement Park, which is a weird pull. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> That's, well, we can get to that when we get to that. <laughs> Barbarian. Cool. Marvel's Werewolf by Night, which, I oh. mean, it was fine, but I come enjoyed, on. I really it, yeah, enjoyed that, but I again, too, but I don't on, know if guys. I'd call it a horror movie. Upgrade, definitely not a horror movie. Don't know what that is. It's a sci-fi movie. Okay. Uh, the Blackening, which is now the number 100 spot, which hmm. is a straight-up parody movie. Okay. Um, And my what I would have to say about comedies being on this list is if... Young Frankenstein is not on the list, then mm. no other comedies deserve to be on the list. Fair. Uh, Grindhouse is on here, which I'm excited about because it's the full Grindhouse, which is... But is that a horror movie? I've never seen it. Yeah. it's oh, okay. it's uh, The first half is a zombie movie. The second half is oh. like a, a road serial killer movie. Oh, got it. Got it. I'm, I'm very excited about doing that. Uh, Saint Maud, Annihilation. Hey. 
uh, debatable on that I one. I would call that sci-fi, but I love yeah. that movie and the books that it's based off of. The entire Fear Street t- trilogy is on here at various different numbers. Okay. Those are really fun. Yeah. I watched all of those and I enjoyed all three of them. Mm-hmm. I... Uh, yeah, 200 man. best horror movies no. of all time. Can't they just change the list to say the 200 most popular movies right now? Yeah, at the moment, <laughs> yeah. yes. Uh, Alejandro Jodorowsky's Santa Sangre, which mm. is going to be fun to talk about him. Gremlins, nice <laughs> to see Gremlins on there. The Black Phone, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Kronos. Freaky, which is a fun movie. Mm. Uh, Evil Dead Rise, mm. which I think... No, I don't think Army of Darkness is on here. Neither is there. I was going to say it might be the only one that has the entire series on there, but those, yeah, the, the remake and Army of Darkness are not on here. Scream Five and Six, Fresh, Saw X, somehow. That's, I think that this is a case of really it just got a lot of attention because it just came out. Yeah, recently. this is definitely a, uh, it's skewing towards the last couple years. Yeah. Um, Predator. Huh. We had a pretty good debate at a Halloween party on whether or not Predator counts as a horror movie. Yes, I, we did. I would say no. Hmm. I th- I think it's more of a sci-fi film, uh, but I mean, if Alien itself is on here, right? I don't know. Does it does it is it not a horror movie because of the number of muscles and guns? I don't know. <laughs> but Aliens is also on here, That's which true. also includes a lot of muscles. A- and guns. Aliens is now like number three on yeah. this list, which is yeah. insane. <laughs> so if that's on there, I feel like Predator <clears throat> counts. You know, uh, Warm Bodies Split, mm. which uh, oh. the uh, what's his name? I don't want to watch that. Well. <laughs> We'll see. Well, maybe it'll that's be... going to be the one we pull now that I've said it out loud. Maybe by the time we get there, it'll be off the movie, off the <laughs> list. Don't want to watch. Uh, it. Smile, Werewolves Within, uh, bu- uh, Bubba Hotep of within, all movies. Werewolves Within is is essentially. Well, I guess there's some like horror horror movie elements of it, but it feels very. Anyway, we can move on from that one. Bubba Hotep, which is by the director of Phantasm, and I'm if I have to. If I'm going to add Bubba Hotep in the place of Phantasm, I'm more than happy to do that. <laughs> I don't know if either one of them deserve to be on the list, but mm. uh, Overlord, which is huh. a pretty fun movie. Uh, Little Monsters, not the 80s movie Little Monsters with Howie Mandel and Fred Savage, oh. which is a childhood favorite of mine. This is from like a couple years ago and looks a lot more depressing. Okay. And uh, number 200 is now Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Huh. The one thing, one of the things, movies that we didn't cover that I know is gone now mm. is... Um, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 mm. which I'm very upset about Aww. so we might be doing that one as a wild card soon because yeah, uh, yeah. also <laughs> I think I didn't write it on here because famously we haven't posted it because I erased the episode but I think <laughs> Bram Stoker's Dracula might be gone as well you wish we'll see I could be making that up anyway so lots of things have happened to our list i'm mm. going to be curious how many numbers that we double up on with movies we haven't seen yet yeah so uh just do number 27 we'll over and over again yeah but anyway for now we're doing um it's funny too because i just happened to casually check the list mm-hmm. because it came up in conversation yep and it was like a week after we had recorded the fog mm-hmm. and everything had changed yeah so Hug the ones you love, because it could all be gone tomorrow. <laughs> Hug the horror movies you love, yes. because they might be booted off of our list unceremoniously. Anyway, today we are talking about Bride of Frankenstein, which was number 11, is now number 20. It has a 98% Rotten Tomatoes score with an 87% audience score. Uh, had you seen this before? 
No. No, I was new to this one. Yes, which is very exciting. Yes. Because some things happen in this movie that I <laughs> seriously doubt you could have guessed. Many things happened tries. <laughs> in this movie that I was very confused about. Yes. There were a lot of me writing um with a lot of M's yes. in our chat. Yes. Yes. This is, uh, um, I have seen this a, a number of times. I re- this is one where I liked it, but I always mm-hmm. preferred the original. Mm-hmm. And I think I still do, but watch like really watching it this time. Um, it's a pretty fantastic movie. Yeah, and there's a lot of really great stuff in it, which we will which we will talk about. Yes. Um. So we're gonna play the trailer for you real quick, and we're gonna come back and talk about said film. <laughs> Okay, Bride of Frankenstein from, uh, what year is this? I got, I got rid of 35? 1935, good pull. Directed by James Whale, written by William Hurlbutt, John Balderston, John L. Balderston, and suggested by <laughs> Mary Shelley's novel, which is my favorite way to credit anybody with anything. <laughs> suggested that, by. That came up recently, too, because we were at a, a Halloween party and mm-hmm. um, had some old universal monster movies going in the background and the raven with karloff and, yes. and bella lugosi popped yes. up which was suggested, which was suggested by. <laughs> by the edgar Allan poe poem mm-hmm. which is similar to the black cat which is also suggested yes. by which is uh, basically means at least in those two cases mm-hmm. we took the name and that's about yeah. it maybe one or two <clears throat> big point like 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 focal sets or something yeah it's about it it's kind of similar to if you see something that has like like if you're watching a sequel to something or a spin-off to something it'll Mm -hmm. say based on characters created by it's kind of like that yeah yeah um this one i would say bride of frankenstein probably has more stuff from the actual novel than the black cat or the raven does but there's plenty of stuff in this that is definitely not from the novel yeah which we'll get into (laughs) Uh, Amanda. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it, you should be sorry. This movie stars Karloff in big letters and yes. an exclamation point, which if you think about it is is really impressive because in the first movie, mm. he was not credited at all because it was the the 
the deal was oh. who could this monster possibly be? Oh. And so he went from no credit at all mm-hmm. to getting the his credit. own title card yes. at the beginning of the film. And which a is... single name call out, like you're yes. the Beyonce of your time. Yes, it's very cool. <laughs> um, stars Karloff, Elsa Lanchester, Colin Clive, Valerie Hobson, Ernest Thesiger, Una O'Connor, Dwight Fry, and three question marks as the monster's mate. <laughs> Amanda, what happens in The Bride of Frankenstein? After recovering from injuries sustained in the mob attack upon himself and his creation, Dr. Frankenstein falls under the control of his former mentor, Dr. Pretorius, who insists the now chastened doctor resume his experiments in creating new life. Meanwhile, the monster remains on the run from those who wish to destroy him without understanding that his intentions are generally good, despite his lack of socialization and self-control. Mm. Yes. yes. He does kill a lot more people in this movie. Though. Yes, he distinctly <laughs> lacks self-control. Yeah. Yeah. For most yeah, of the movie. They really yeah. emphasize that in this one. Mm-hmm. Well, Clay, some things you'll find in The Bride of Frankenstein include... Mm-hmm. Production code certificate number 768. Yes, this was a fairly heavily edited film. Hmm. Um, You might have noticed very, (laughs) uh, uh, one might say not so subtly, there's a lot of Christ imagery in this movie. Yes. And uh, there was some more stuff, some different language that they had to trim. Famously in the original, um, when the monster is, when he says it's alive, it's alive, Mm -hmm. the line is... um, uh, in the name of God, now I know what it means to be God. Oh, wow. And for about 60 years, that was cut out. Huh. And so even in home video releases, that was cut out. It's now back in. Mm. But this one kind of went through some similar stuff where Dr. Pretorius um, makes mention to Bible. He says something, something, if you believe your Bible stories, mm-hmm. which originally was uh, myths from the Bible oh. was the line. Which they changed, but then they have him put the same amount of stank on it, so yeah. it's equally as, um, you know. <laughs> so he still gets his point across, is what you're saying. Yeah, there was another scene that actually I wish they had put in, because this is like, I, f- I f- find this to be devastating for the monster emotionally. Hmm. Um, the scene where he's going through the the monsters, um, he's running away through the graveyard. Yep. And he pushes over that statue of the Pope or whatever. <laughs> yeah. There's a, a big, there's a crucifix with a Christ, uh, crucified Jesus in the mm-hmm. background. Mm-hmm. Originally, the monster was supposed to see that and think that the Jesus on the cross was another person who had been strung up by the, the, by the, the mob. By the mob. Yeah. And he tries to help him down. Oh. Which is like, that's a pretty amazing image. Yeah. And so they cut that out and just left the cross in there. Huh. Um, and it wasn't all Jesus stuff. They uh, the opening, which we will talk about, mm-hmm. was <laughs> was heavily edited because they thought there were too many close ups of Elsa Lanchester's cleavage. <laughs> so <clears throat> anyway, keeping it clean for the kids. Yeah, heck, got to. <laughs> well, you'll also find gypsies from the American Midwest. Yes, this is another universal <laughs> horror movie where it takes place in Quote, Europe. Quote Europe? Question mark. Yes, and just features. Anybody who is around playing any ethnicity they need. With any accent that they might have been born with. Whatever you need. <laughs> I guess uh, Maria Uspenskaya was not av- available for this one. Uh, so many readings of the It's Alive line. There's a few of them. There's a lot of yeah. them. If you start paying attention, they're, they're, even in the first like 10 or 15 minutes, there's like three. My favorite one is actually when they bring 
Dr. Frankenstein back in. Yes, and Minnie. Min, when Minnie <laughs> says it, because they actually, they do the same th- the same way that the monster in the first one mm-hmm. signals he's alive when he his hand falls down off of the bed, yep. is what they do with Dr. Frankenstein there. So that yep. one's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, everyone telling each other to go to sleep. Yeah, there's a lot of pe- people seem to be tired and stressed out a lot. Just go to bed like yeah. a good Christian men and women should be. Yeah, That's- have dreams about the specter of death coming towards stalking your towards your husband. loved one. Yeah. yeah. Um, Can I? Sorry, real mm. quick. That sequence where she has that whole thing. Uh, yeah, I want to talk about that. Uh, originally. There was supposed they were supposed to cut to the window mm. where there was going to be the image of a grim reaper outside the window, but they were like that might be a little bit too much, a little so. too on the nose, maybe. Uh, a new thing for women to be self conscious about: firm bones. Mm-hmm. Gotta have them. Yeah, it's the only way to be attractive to uh, men stalking through a cemetery at night. And I understand how difficult it is for young women, young women. To be reading all these magazines with mm-hmm. pictures of these firm bones. Yeah. And just wondering whether or not their bones are as firm as all these the bones techniques these mag- that you're magazines. supposed to do to make sure that you have firm bones, but there's no way to check. And as we all know, the bones are the skeleton's money, so it's very important that you have firm bones. <laughs> skeleton's money. And of course, you'll find. <laughs> yes. As I told you, one mm-hmm. of the things you would get from this movie is multiple new nonverbal ways to deal with annoying men. Yeah, scream at him or hiss at him. Yes, which apparently Elsa Lanchester based on uh, a swan because <laughs> when swans are, are uh, threatened, they hiss and they make these weird noises. I love that she said a swan, I guarantee you, is a fucking Canadian goose. Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's like, eh, I paint it white, close enough. But mm-hmm. yes, I, I have been assaulted by Canadian a Canadian goose. Oh, they're the worst. They're so mean and yeah. they yeah, they will scream at you and then hiss at you and one run them, at you with their wings flapping. One of them chased my girlfriend around a car. That sounds right. Yeah, that's yeah. why she hates birds. One of the reasons anyway. <laughs> and uh I technically uh, in a weird way questionable parenting depending on your definition of parents, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think I think that could be included. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, why not? Um, <laughs> this movie, uh, as all great sequels do, starts with a recap of the first movie in true Rocky fashion. In true Rocky fashion, or Friday the Thirteenth fashion. Yes. And um, but the way they do it here is pretty unique, where they actually do a dramatization of the night or or the weekend that Mary Shelley spent with Lord Byron and. Percy Shelley? Is that yes, the, yes, yeah, her husband. Nobody cares about that the guy. The most annoying thruple in the world. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, I remember the first time I saw this being very confused by this. Can I break in with my literary nerd comment on this? Please do. Which is that I think the most unrealistic thing about this movie is trying to portray Mary and Percy Bysshe Shelley as a happy couple. <laughs> Were they not? I don't know no. anything about them. No. <laughs> okay. Please go on. No, I mean, they, it was It was this this period of time she was like 12 and he was married right is that what the deal with them she was young yeah she was younger than him he was he was not that old he was probably too old to marry her mm-hmm. but there's just like a lot of gossip and intrigue between all of these people there's questions about his sexuality there's mm-hmm. definitely questions about lord byron's sexuality i think lord byron's sexuality was yes yeah yeah absolutely his his sexuality was yes please yes. um 
he was he was sleeping with very young women at the time and Mary and Percy Shelley were married and they sort of had like a whirlwind romance but once they were actually together the reality mm. did not live up to the fantasy yep. um there was you know rumors of like professional jealousy between the two of her being a good writer and him being like no i'm the writer everything's fine in our marriage why yeah. are you reading into the fact that i wrote a story about someone who just builds a new man out of <laughs> pieces of dead ones well and then there's the whole story about you know her own suffering through pregnancy and childbirth and losing a child like she ha- she dealt with a lot and he was not the most sympathetic of husbands Shocker. about it. Yes, you'll be <laughs> stunned to hear. Uh and I think yeah, they they break up. Yeah. Yeah, pretty quickly I think in after after all of this, but I could have my timeline wrong. Mm. Yeah. So seeing seeing this portrayal of the th- and 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 there was a lot of backbiting and just general sort of pettiness amongst this group which was more than just the three of them in reality. Yeah, there was a- couple other people there too right it's, yes i don't know if we ever really if we talked about it's been so long since we did the first one right yeah but that is that weekend or whatever yeah. it was is so fascinating because it is sort of ground zero for a lot of gothic literature yeah because yeah. the other thing the thing that people don't really ever it's always frankenstein frankenstein which you mm-hmm. know uh, yeah mm-hmm. but the other thing that comes out of that is i it's not Byron and it's not Shelley. Mm-hmm. It's I think it's the other guy who was there. Yeah, wrote um, a vampire story, mm. which he then turned into. I think ref- I think Byron might have helped him refine it or something into something called Varney the Vampire, which is very <laughs> silly sounding. It is, but was one of the uh, core things that Bram Stoker used as an influence to write Dracula, and oh. so. Right, right, right. I did know this. And so you've got this this amazing it's kinda like the 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 gothic equivalent of when you find out that Steven Spielberg, Martin Scorsese, George Lucas, Brian De Palma, uh, mm-hmm. and Paul Schrader and these other guys all went to college together. It's like what what? Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah. did you know Brian De Palma wrote the opening scrawl from Star Wars? And you get into that kind of stuff and it's like, oh, Francis Ford Coppola there too. But it's it's one of those weird sort of points in history where the the planets just align yes. in a really weird way i was trying to look up to see if there was a short answer to to who all who all were there well percy bish shelley and his lover 18 year old mary godwin <laughs> mary got well, where does how many names does she have because wollstonecraft yes right? yes Whatever. i i think she was maybe a maybe like a stepfather adopted her at some point sure i don't uh, Byron's physician friend, Dr. John Polidori. Is that who you're talking about? Maybe. He sounds like a guy who'd write something called Varney, Varney the Vampire. Varney the Vampire. Um, yeah, but it, it's, it's, it's a very interesting framing device, mm. sort of. Not even a framing device, because we don't go back to them. No, it's just a, just a way to introduce. Yeah, and it, it involves Lord... Lord Byron rolling every R he could possibly work into. Yeah. Somehow his, even his that speech. is like lewd. Like even the yeah. way he talks is kind of blue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get too close to that tongue. Right. Exactly. It's too powerful. Yeah. Um, 
and he he's he sort of recaps her story to her, mm-hmm. which is really interesting as we get these flashes of the key moments from the original film. And then she sort of he's like, "It's too bad you ended it," and she goes, "That's not where it ends." <laughs> and then just you just told me to shut up. Yeah, that's not what I wrote jackass. at all. <laughs> yeah, and then she just launches in. And, and and they just kind of come sit next to her and she tells them a new Frankenstein story. It is it is nice to get her in there though, because mm. um you know, I it is it is one of those things where I, I, I how do I say this without sounding like a total asshole? Um <clears throat> I feel like when most kids who come around on Frankenstein mm-hmm. there is that certain point where they go, I'm sorry, this was written by a woman? Yes. Yeah. Wait, a chick wrote this? Yeah. And you know the 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 filmed version of the original one and this one, but more so the original one, is based on a play, mm-hmm. which is like a massive condensing and changing of the book and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have her get her uh, yeah little day in the sun a little bit at the front of the movie. Yeah, absolutely, to get acknowledged as the sort of undisputed creator of this. Yeah, there's no like, well, really, Percy wrote it. Yeah, kind of conspiracy theorying. There's some people that think that, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. But this movie does not even entertain it. He just sort of sits there and looks pretty. Yeah. He barely even talks. Right. <laughs> which I kind of love. Is he, not to go on too much of a tangent, mm. more than we have, mm-hmm. is he well regarded as a writer? He's yes. a poet, right? Yes, he is a poet. Because I, 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 I only ask, because I've, I've heard his name come up a lot, but mm-hmm. I feel like he is, at least now, mm-hmm. definitely not the more well remembered of that duo. Yeah, that's that's probably that true. Yeah. I think that's I think that's that's probably true. I think if you were an English major, you hear about both of them. Mm-hmm. It just sort of depends on what avenue you you go down more. But yeah, I mean, Frankenstein has such a such a long shelf life in pop culture, and and I feel like because of that, Mary Shelley gets more attention than Percy Shelley because you know he he wrote some very good poems, but poems are never. They, they, I don't think they, they have the mass appeal. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They would never, there's never been a Percy Shelley poem adapted into a multi-million dollar movie. <laughs> no, probably not. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and from there we go into, we pick up right where the first one ended. Yes. The burnt down windmill. Um, it's and the, a very massive mob. Yeah. The mob from is there and once... The, everything is kind of collapsed. They kind of disperse and go about their 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 way. Mm-hmm. Um, after they discover Doctor Frankenstein, who is not quite dead, they think he's dead, or <clears throat> yeah, they're bringing unclear. him home to die. They definitely bring him back as though he's dead. Yeah, but then he wakes up and and he's know, like not great, but he's fine. Yeah, and <laughs> so everybody, him waking up sort of sets everything back to zero. Mm-hmm. So we can kind of do this all over again with the monster. It's yeah, I think so. Not to go too wide on this too quickly, though. Mm-hmm. Um, when have we ever done that? Well, well, the the first the first one is so. I think what I love about the first one is that it is so tightly focused on the monster mm-hmm. and the doctor, mm-hmm. and sort of you know what Frankenstein is doing. Um, in regards to uh, non-sexual procreation and playing God and all these other kind of metaphorical things. Yeah. And it's, it's fairly tight. Yeah, it's very much like <clears throat> about his psychological state. Yeah. Like like his sort of starting somewhere that can be 
accepted as just like genuine scientific curiosity and then a slow descent into madness mm-hmm. and then a sort of redemption arc of regret and trying to fix it. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's very centered on kind of his experience and then what is the monster doing? Yeah, it's it's Frankenstein does something mm-hmm. and then spends the rest of the movie paying for it, essentially, in the consequences of what he's done. Yeah. Uh, this is not that. This is like, I feel like Frankenstein himself is barely a character. I, he gets yeah. pushed to the back. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing because he's. You know. Well, there there are a lot more characters in this movie, yeah. it feels like. And not all of them are even like explicitly named, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But there are a lot of like background characters that recur. And there are a lot of sort of vignettes between like villagers mm-hmm. and, and, and people like out on the street being like, oh, the monster is locked in the basement or like what happened to Frau Herman or whatever, yeah. like, you know. It's very strange. I found it very strange structurally that they capture the monster, bring him into town, and then he immediately breaks out and leaves again. <laughs> Not to jump forward to that too too much, but I wrote down a couple things that some of the, the uh, uh, like... I don't know, police, I'm going to say, a shorthand. <laughs> the gendarmes. The gendarmes. Some of the things that they say. Um, we can't take all day over this. No. Is one thing they say. got stuff to do. When they've captured the monster and they've they're got, tying him up. They've got burgers to muster. They're like, hurry up. We can't take all day on this. Yeah. And when it when they've when they've tied him up in the dungeon and they're leaving him there, one of them says, now I can get back to more important things. Yeah. You know. <laughs> then the undead creature that has been running around killing people. Yep. At this point for like weeks? A couple Unclear. weeks? A week? Unclear. Multiple days. Yeah, at multiple, least. If you count the first movie, mm-hmm. definitely multiple days. Yeah, I'm not even totally sure how much time passes between him coming out. It could be days. It could be a week. I don't know. But. Yeah. This, 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 this is a monster that killed the little girl in the first one. Yeah. And... Now everybody's just like, ah, good. He's in the basement. Anyway. Yeah, it's um it's it's a movie that is a lot more focused, I think, on the monster. Um Yes, for 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 better and for worse. Yes. I it, it's it's broken up pretty cleanly into three sort of acts or three vignettes almost, because mm-hmm. the first act is mostly uh Frankenstein and Pretorius. Which we'll get into. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Pretorius said. Yeah. The second act is pretty much um, the monster walking through the forest, getting captured, breaking yeah. free up through the stuff with the blind guy. Yep. And kind of concludes when he meets Pretorius in the in the, uh, in the the crypt. My living then, room, yes. 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 Amanda's living room. Um, and then the third act is the creation of the bride. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I think the monster stuff continues to be really great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the scene with the old man might be one of the best scenes I've watched in a horror movie. With the hermit? Yeah. yeah. It's I'm calling so good. him the hermit or the monk. I don't like, he doesn't get a name, I don't think. No, you don't yeah. want to define him by his disability. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I know it's a big plot point, but I honestly kind of forgot that he's blind. <laughs> It's central to the. I know. That scene. I don't look. This is how woke I am. Yes. Like, I don't even see disability, and he doesn't see it either. So <laughs> you're on the same level. My God, can't you see, man? <laughs> oh wait, he's blind. 
Um, but not to jump directly to that scene, which we already have. Uh, but that's just like, it is such a beautiful scene. Yeah. And the way that it's so, the first movie is so heartbreaking because the monster is just trying to be understood because he doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. He's just confused and scared and kind of lonely, which he still is in this one, but you get this He's slightly less confused in this one. I feel like, yeah, I mean, he learned how to talk. Yeah. So he's fine. And he understands what everybody's saying. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. Better than the first one, anyway. Yeah. And, but you've got this moment where he has met someone mm-hmm. who does not judge him for what he looks like mm-hmm. or what he has done mm-hmm. and manages to coexist and actually derive happiness yeah. from his existence yeah. until two shitheads with guns show up yeah. and ruin everything, <laughs> as they always tend to do. And it's like when when he storms out of that cabin mm-hmm. and the thing catches on fire, it's legitimately heartbreaking. I think, yeah. anyway. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think there are a lot of moments in that scene that are extremely poignant and and funny, and and then very very sad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I th- the kind of runs the gamut. Yeah, and the uh, you've got the scene where he's going through the the forest. Um. And he sees his reflection in the water mm-hmm. and he smashes it with his hand. Yeah. Uh, yeah and know. he tries to warn the shepherdess from falling off the cliff. Right. And she just sees him and screams so hard she falls off a cliff. Right. Yeah. Um, he gets basically crucified. Yep. Uh, I was I was w- watching some of the commentary stuff for this. Mm. And uh, uh, the, the guy doing the commentary said that the Christ stuff was not to imply that the monster was Jesus or was like a metaphor for Jesus. Interesting. It was this sort of ironic inversion where Jesus is the son of God. The Mm -hmm. monster is the son of man. Mm. And so the son of man has this like in, in, in this dark mirror version of that story, uh, the person in the Christ position gets brought back to life first and then crucified. Yeah. Yeah, well, and there's there's very much the parallel of like, you know, Jesus was born first, right? Like mm-hmm. he was born and lived. He died and then he lives again. Right. Whereas the monster was dead and then he lived and then he dies again. Right. <laughs> like it's the exact opposite. Yeah. But all the bread and wine stuff. They, they commented yeah. on when he's having dinner with the blind guy mm-hmm. when he, the the two words that the monster says are bread good wine good yeah. and it's basically him doing it's like the, his last taking supper. the eucharist yeah, yeah he literally says that in the commentary yeah i'm smart yeah you should do a commentary <laughs> but it's 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 so i so um one of the things that karloff was was against was having the monster speak because he uh, he thought it took away was going to take away from the whole performance, hmm. and um, he was worried these two things are not totally congruous. Hmm. But he was he was worried that the monster was going to quickly turn into kind of a caricature of what he sure. was doing. Yeah, and ultimately he turned out to be right. Yeah, and what I, the reason I bring that up now is because it's it's really sh- it's really shocking to see how the Frankenstein monster becomes in popular culture, which is very much fire bad, arms out, stumbling around. Yeah. And then to see this movie 
and to see just like how how much clearly Karloff and James Whale care about this character mm-hmm. because Karloff is given an unbelievable performance. Yeah, in in this one and in the first one. Yeah. Um, as much as I love Bela Lugosi, he's hey hey. Hey, watch his, it. His performance as Dracula is mostly the fact that he can't read English. So watch it. He's <laughs> great, and I this won't is, hear anything else. This is like Karloff acting his ass off through mm-hmm. twenty pounds of makeup. Yeah, that's true. And um, what do you think about the talking? Do you like? Do you like the addition of the talking? Do you wish that he, he didn't speak? I wish he spoke less. Yeah, like I'm okay with him kind of grasping a couple basic words, but there there are some. There are some parts where he's verging very much on full sentences, if not mm-hmm. actually using full sentences. And it, I don't know. I th- I think it does run that risk of, of it becoming a caricature. I think it also, in my opinion, makes it harder for others to treat him like a monster. Mm. Like if he can talk, if he can speak to other characters and make himself known... Then yeah, he he looks scary, but eventually it's a it's a lot harder to demonize somebody who's saying, "No, no, no. I'm a friend." Right. I'm good. I'm I'm a friend. I won't hurt you. Like if somebody's saying yeah. that, it's a lot harder to be like, "Burn him." Yeah. I I do think the thing that saves that still preserves that a little bit mm-hmm. is that he doesn't seem to be he seems to really have to focus to talk yeah. for the most part. Yeah. So it, when you get the scene where the two guys with the guns show up, he doesn't say, "No." friend right he just goes Rawr, yeah just like frankenstein growl yeah. <laughs> it's something like a like a bobcat which sometimes is he's means he's mean and yeah. sometimes might mean he's horny depending right, on how you read right. it i do remember that but it does it 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 kind of i feel like opens up too many of those questions though yeah. and the sort of wondering like like I, I think implying that he has some sort of basic rudimentary understanding of what people are saying to him and what's going on around him makes sense but once you start adding like language and letting him articulate relatively complex thoughts, mm. even in the most simplistic terms, it's you just you open up a little more of like how much does he understand about what's going on? Yeah. And if he understands more than maybe we initially thought, then at what point does he start becoming complicit in what's happening? It it's just I think it muddies things a little too much. Yeah, the one that stood out to me is kind of weird. I I like the scene with him and Pretorius in the crypt. Are you gonna say uh, I love dead? I, I love I living. love I love yeah. that. I, <laughs> yeah. I love that one. Yeah. Um, the one that always sticks in my head is um, when he goes, "You make man," and he goes, "No, woman." Yeah. Because the, the reason it sticks out in my head uh-huh. is because, um, I don't know, this is probably before your time, but uh, on USA, mm-hmm. there was a television version of the movie Weird Science. They turned it into a TV show. Okay. And the opening, which used the Weird Science theme song, do you know that's the theme song? Yeah, the, the yeah. Danny Elfman song? Um, the intro for the show would mm-hmm. play that clip. Of Frankenstein, because uh, weird science is about them making yeah, yeah, the woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. So that's all. I used to watch that show all the time. So it was that's always been stuck in my head. But the one yeah. that stands out to me as being kind of weird is I I like the you make man. He goes no woman, and then he's like I'm gonna make you a wife, and he's like yes wife. And like does yeah does Frankenstein monster need to have an understanding of like what matrimony is? <laughs> well, so that's I'm really glad you brought that up because I feel like. Th- 
a lot of this movie is secretly about matrimony. Yes, and like, domestic partnership. Yes. Well, but he has No one. joint taxes. Yes. <laughs> but I I think it's I think it is interesting to to sort of I might contradict myself a little bit here, but like if if he does sort of only have a rudimentary understanding, does he think what does he think wife means? Right. You know, like yeah. He has some idea of the concept mm-hmm. because he's been dealing with Henry <laughs> this whole time, mm-hmm. father, um, who's gotten married. Yes. Because this movie starts on what was supposed to be Henry and Elizabeth's wedding night. Mm-hmm. That girl, did you know the girl who plays Elizabeth is 17 in this movie? Jesus Christ. Yeah. Wow. Carl and Clive, on the other hand, mid 30s. Yeah, of course. And he died two years later from alcoholism. Oh, that's sad. Troubled life. Oh, bummer. Now make your point. Now that everybody's sad. Oh, they have no point. <laughs> um, but so so the movie the movie opens on their wedding night, mm-hmm. and he's off chasing down the monster, and almost dies, and he doesn't die, and so then they're married. I guess. I guess sure. they they say it like they even say what a wedding night, and then from then on she's Mrs. Baroness <laughs> Frankenstein. Um, but on their wedding night, Dr. Pretorius shows up yep. and inserts himself into their home. Sure does. And separates the two of them. Mm-hmm. And then is like, yeah, you and me, huh? Mm-hmm. Me and you, you and me, well, me and you. I don't think we can, I don't think it's, it's, uh, going too far to say Dr. Pretorius has no use for heterosexual sex. Yes. I think that's pretty true mm-hmm. um just two just two men very close experimenting together all yes. night that's mm-hmm. all he wants <laughs> um so obviously there's like a disruption of traditional marriage happening there mm-hmm. and kind of a a break in the normal heterosexual union that would have been like the accepted union mm. in this movie and then for the rest of the movie we're shown couples that are unorthodox to, to put it lightly yeah um because then you you get you get henry and pretorius and their sort of unholy union trying to create their own children essentially one of the other things that was cut actually was mm-hmm. a line where pretorius all but confirms that he's gay mm. saying something to the effect of um I when talking about his experiments, which we will get into. Yes. Um he says something to the effect of I had to I had to create life this way because mm-hmm. the natural way was not afforded to me or something huh. like that. But they cut that out. Ah, they should have left it in. Um but we get we get them sort of as a as a pair. Mm-hmm. And then you get the scene with the monster and the monk. Mm-hmm. And they have like a beautiful relationship. Yeah. They spend the once once he shows up, like they spend the whole time like bonding and and the monk is so happy he's there, he cries. He he thanks God for sending him. He says things that sound very much like almost the way like a biblical patriarch would have referred to his wife in mm. the bible where he says you will be a comfort to me yes yeah. you will be the light of my my eyes yeah. like he says these things that are that are kind of religiously tinted but also vaguely romantic mm-hmm. of like almost saying like we will be like one like we will complete one another and they have this like 
very domestic, happy life together for however long they get to have it until the townspeople show up and are like, no, 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 no. This until is the straight is guys with guns show up. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's interesting because that I'm just I'm this is my long way around of saying that when Pretorius starts saying, I'm going to make a friend for you, mm-hmm. I'm going to make you a he's I think Pretorius uses like friend and mate and and maybe even wife mm-hmm. kind of interchangeably which i would then buy that the monster would be like oh okay so like friend and mate and wife are all sort of the same thing sure and i think for him there's like a flattening of it where it's not a sexual desire right yeah you know it, it it's it's a desire for acceptance and and love and companionship in whatever form it may take. And it kind of doesn't like the, the monster doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Pretorius <laughs> like, is like a person you look like Pretorius is like, I'm going to make you a roommate who will yeah. come to family yeah. occasions with you. <laughs> yes. And, we'll be great aunt dots quote unquote roommate. Yes. For your entire childhood. And your uncle will never talk about it, but he'll want to. <laughs> um, yeah. Cause I, I think uh, I, the, the one that really gets Frankenstein excited is when he mm-hmm. not when he says wife but when he says friend yes and he that specifically when he says friend like you and he's yeah. like friend like me yeah that's the thing that that really gets him going yeah um yeah but what, what do you what do you think about pretorius as a character he's, i love him <laughs> he's pretty amazing he's insane he's so great yeah he is he's um, so over the top and it's so much fun he is yes uh he, <laughs> he is yes he clay is, yes <laughs> He is, I think he's more yas than yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he is, uh, this movie is, um, has a lot of camp built into I'm it. I'm really enjoying you try to I don't know. I don't know how I'm tra- what I'm trying to say, but he's, <laughs> he is. Uh, he's very, he's coded as an effeminate homosexual yes, character. Co- yeah. Lightly coded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For, and which is on purpose because he mm-hmm. sort he was he was gay in real life mm. and James Whale is, was also gay mm-hmm. and um, Pretorius was kind of Whale's uh, cipher a bit. Mm. Um, he's where he's putting in more of his subversive ideas. Yeah, uh, about and making he, a mockery of of matrimony in the church yes, and whatnot through yes. Pretorius. And this is this is something that is not an original thought to me, but it is something I really enjoy. And it's I think one of the reasons why I enjoy like weird horror movies and stuff is that you can do that with villains. Sure. Yeah. Much especially back when these Disney things, does it all the time. <laughs> they they absolutely do. But especially back when when these things would be censored and removed from a film, mm-hmm. you could get away with having these more subversive themes brought in by a villain because they're supposed to be bad Mm -hmm. and and there's pros and cons to that like i think you know one of the cons is like presenting any sort of non-mainstream lifestyle as inherently evil is like not super productive but i think it makes these older movies it gives them the opportunity to play with these really fascinating ideas and to put things out there that audiences at the time maybe wouldn't have otherwise been exposed to and i think it's different too and when the person who is doing it yes is of that persuasion Mm -hmm. if you'd like to say it's (laughs) (laughs) really enjoying your very careful verbiage and i've got a book of euphemisms in front of me and i'm just thumbing through these pages called the euphemism thesaurus (laughs) (laughs) this the the thesuphorism um 
But like, just so long as you don't say those people, we'll be fine. No, because there aren't any in this movie. <laughs> um, the it, it's different when you've got someone like James Whale kind of yeah. speaking through this character than when you've got uh, Ursula the Sea Witch, right? The, right. The, the the big old brassy, yeah. You know the motor, fat motorcycle the, riding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. At worst, she's a at best she's a fat lesbian. Right. At worst, she's a drag queen. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it it uh it it takes on a bit of a different meaning when mm-hmm. when it's portrayed portrayed by and created by and and right you know for the screen by by someone who identifies with it. Right. Um. So yeah, Pretorius shows up in in us. I think the shot where he shows up mm-hmm. and they open the door. I think Free- William Friedkin lifted that directly from the for The Exorcist because it's almost identical to when they open the door on Father Marin. Oh, it was the first thing I thought because wow. he's got the big hat. Oh, he's man. even dressed kind of like a priest because he's got that black outfit with the white collar on yeah. it. Yeah. Um, oh, I didn't catch that. That's really fun. And it's it's uh, as we were talking about before the the bit about the the Grim Reaper being in the window. Yeah, they cut that. But what's nice about it is what happens in the movie is she has recounts this vision of approaching death. And then the next thing that happens is Pretorius knocks on the door. Yeah. That scene is so not to to linger too long. I know we got a lot to cover. Um, But that scene is so weird when 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 Elizabeth is is kind of talking about her vision of death approaching for Henry, because when when it ends, she collapses onto him. And I I can't tell if she's supposed to be crying or mm-hmm. laughing. I it just sounds like she's laughing, but I think she's supposed to be crying. Yeah, I just think after the, that scene is over and and Henry goes off with Pretorius, mm-hmm. she's like, "What do I have to do?" Yeah, I got my boobs out. Yeah, I'm talking. I thought he was into yeah. death. I'm talking right. about that. What do I have I to do? He was into death. I'm He's trying. spending all of his time in the graveyard. I thought it would turned him on or something. <laughs> and now they're <laughs> this married. This is our wedding night. This is our wedding night. And he's off with some man trying to make another man. <laughs> well, so so they go off to they go off together, Henry and Pretorius, yeah. and we get to see Pretorius's version of the same experiments that he's been doing down the street mm-hmm. to try and create life. And they are bizarre little Lilliputian it people. Is the weirdest thing I've it's ever seen. So strange. I don't fully understand how they even shot it. It looks great. Yes. Uh, I forget. I I heard what the technique was. It was impressive. Whatever it was. It it, it looks impressive yeah. because it's live action, little tiny people mm-hmm. that he has in like jars, and he's yeah. showing off. He's got a queen and a king and a and a bishop and the devil. <laughs> and a ballerina like he's got a whole variety of them and they're perfect humans they're just probably only five or six inches tall yeah i have seen this movie a handful of times and it is still every time i get to that scene i'm like what were these people on (laughs) where did this cut like lots of cocaine there's there's i there's something you can read into it sort of about like the 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 people that he unveils mm-hmm. are all um, societal uh, uh, authority figures who he is lording over. If yeah. you want to look at it that sort of subversive way, but yeah. like as as just a gimmick, I don't understand where it comes from. Well, it's it's interesting because he um, he keeps talking to 
Henry about wanting to not just create one person. Mm-hmm. He wants to breed a race. He talks about that a lot. Like he wants to father a race of, of beings mm-hmm. through whatever creations he has. And he talks about... Um, about four years too early with that idea. <laughs> well, he talks about um, how he grew his creations yeah. from seed, mm-hmm. which is like... Is that supposed to mean what I think that's supposed to mean? Like, what? Listen, I don't want to assume, but... Where I think are we he going know- here? I think he knows where to get it. Yeah, I think he does. But it's so... The experiments in this movie are so fascinating. I've seen cruising. I know what yeah. happens. <laughs> because he's able to create these perfect little creatures, these perfect little people mm-hmm. that that look exactly like humans and seem to behave at least mostly like humans he kind of bestows upon each of them a character and they embody that character whether it's a ballerina or a king and then later on he's able to create an artificial human brain yes i forgot about that an entire brain yeah, uh-huh. and they do make a kind of and i get it this this came out in 1935 science was different then mm-hmm. I, and their understanding of the human body was different then I'm sure in another hundred years, there will be things we know about the human body that when people read about what medical science was like now, they were like, oh, God, you were doing that to people? That's horrible. Yeah, did, not to derail, but did you ever watch The Nick? No, you've talked about it before. Uh, one of the things that they, it's kind of a big part of the show is yeah. how much medicine is different. Yeah. And there's this <laughs> there's this uh, section of the, sh- of the Nick where someone gets committed to a mental institute mm-hmm. and then their partner goes to visit them. And the doctor is like, yeah, we've been trying some, some stuff on them. We really think it's working. And what mm-hmm. they've done is they've taken out every, all of their teeth <gasps> because that was just something they did back then oh to, uh, to release pressure or something. Ugh. Anyway, I'm sorry. That's my nightmare. Um, but Dr. Pretorius and Henry, when they're working on the bride, talk about how they've got they've got the bones and they're putting together the body and they've got the brain, but they're having trouble with the heart. Mm-hmm. And they say the heart is the most complex organ in the human body. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, <laughs> we have a very different understanding of how the human body works now than they did then. Yeah. Brain's a cinch. Yeah. Brain easy, but the human heart, mm-hmm. that muscle that just contracts and, and releases and pumps blood, can't figure it out. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Science is a mystery to man. Frylock. Yeah. Uh, there's there's some stuff in this that in a lesser movie and probably movies made by the same studio a handful mm. of years later mm. would play way worse mm. because they would be focused on more. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's a certain point where I caught when, when they're doing the sequence with um, when they're bringing the bride to life. Frankenstein just casually says like fire up the cosmic diffuser or some shit like that and I was like what (laughs) that's like some Ed Wood shit right there this movie I think because of all the camp and 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 the uh gay undertones and Mm -hmm. gay overtones Mm -hmm. really really made me see how somebody got from the Frankenstein story to the um, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. I always knew the obvious, like, there's Dr. Frankenfurter mm-hmm. and he makes a man and blah, blah, blah. This one really drove it home. Yeah. <laughs> like, like these two, this movie and, and the Rocky, Rocky Horror are not that far away from one another. No, not really. In terms of, like, content, plot, 
general vibes. There's just more music and musical numbers in one of them. Yeah, there's that scene in Bride of Frankenstein where mm. Meatloaf bursts through the wall on, on a the motorcycle. motorcycle yeah. yeah, I've never made it past that scene in Bride of in uh, in Bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. I get to that point, I'm like, ah, I've seen it. I got it. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know, know what the bride don't. looks like. Yeah. I'm sure she's gorgeous. I don't. Need, I don't need to see the rest. You should watch the rest of Rocky Horror at some point. I, just maybe. You know, yeah maybe we'll we'll see yeah um yeah uh i i think that one of the things that works in this movie is it is it takes that stuff for granted so much that mm-hmm. you don't even have time to think about it right and you can focus on the stuff that matters so it's like yeah they're like yeah we made a brain what of it yeah yeah that's go kill point. a woman and get her heart yeah. <laughs> Or don't quote unquote quote unquote don't kill her. Right, right. Yeah, um, it, it's sort of like confident enough to just sort of gloss over those things and not over explain them or dwell on them too long because yeah. that's not what the movie wants you to pay attention to. Yeah, like even the little the little people scene. Yeah, they never come back. I don't even know if Frankenstein goes. How'd you do that? <laughs> Could you explain this process to yeah. me? And he just, he volunteers. He's like, yeah. I grew these things. Yeah. That's, that's it. That's, that's it. all you need I grew to know. them like cultures. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. That's, that's all I needed to say. I, I still, I. You still wish you could grow a little king? Well, I mean, who doesn't? <laughs> just keep them in a jar. Uh, we must protect our small kings. Um, short kings. Uh, I just. Where okay? Where do you come down on that scene? Because if it were me, <laughs> I, if I was in the room, I'd go, James. Uh-huh. I know you asked for this because he uh-huh. did. Like this was his entirely his creation. I I don't think this is a good scene. <laughs> I think like what they're talking about is is good. Yeah, but the tiny people thing is just so bizarre. What would you have him show instead? I don't know, cause I, I guess I guess what I would have him show is something that they probably couldn't show, mm. which is straight down the pipe male frontal nudity. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I, I like because I I feel like the obvious thing to do is to show Pretorius's failures, which I think would probably be more gruesome. Yeah. Whereas it's like, I don't know, little tiny people in jars is just so fucking weird. I think they needed to have him show Henry Frankenstein something that would catch Frankenstein's attention. Sure. Yeah, I understand that. So yeah. I think if he if he was just failing and failing and failing, it could be like Frankenstein could feasibly be like, well, see, we were never supposed to do this. This yeah. is wrong. I was wrong. I made a thing. Look what it did. Look mm-hmm. what happened to me. You you shouldn't pursue this any longer. We should give this up. It's not working. Um, I, I guess. I guess then my question is, and maybe this is in the scene, and I'm just too distracted by the mm-hmm. short kings. But <laughs> I should have waited till the next time you took a drink of your beer. <laughs> um, what is Frankenstein? What is Pretorius bringing to the table? What is he offering Frankenstein in this scene? Yeah that Frankenstein is going like, this is the piece. I think his people are more attractive. 
They're mm-hmm. smaller, but they're more like humans. They're yeah. more normal, quote unquote. And I think, I think Pretorius even says it's something like, my problem has been a problem that I cannot achieve scale. Mm-hmm. So I think he's saying, like, look, I can do this tiny people. I got it down. I can yeah. do small. But I want, like, a full-sized person. Mm-hmm. You did a full-size person, but yours uh, was a little defective, shall <laughs> we say. You're bad at this. You're you know? bad at this. And even, like, I, I, my my theory about this kind of comes from the fact that when you see the bride, she's much better assembled. Good point. Yes, than that's true. Frankenstein's monster. That is true. She looks like one coherent person. Yeah. And she has a physical attractiveness about her that the monster does not. So I think part of it is that like he brings aesthetics. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I think that's true. He brings a sense of hairstyle, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, I. I He's the Tim Gunn of this situation. I do think it's that going to make it work. I do think what you said is is still inherently funny though, because when you're like, well, what would you have him show him yeah. other than <laughs> tiny people in bottles? I'm like, I don't know. No, no, no. I wasn't trying to say I know, other I than know, that. I it know. was more it was just, just really funny. <laughs> What else would you have him show him? I mean, obviously, you'd show your tiny people, your little homunculi. Yeah. Yeah, I keep several in bottles at home. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yes, they team up. The three of them team up. Uh, We we get to see Frankenstein start to go off the deep end a little bit more. He's, they kind of, I don't think they give him a lot of room to do anything because I feel like there's too much other stuff that's more interesting. Yeah. Uh, but the one thing that they do is when they get into the creation, um, he does ma- he tries to maintain a bit of, if you want to call it ethics, mm-hmm. by saying he needs a heart. Mm-hmm. And Pretorius is pretty much like you know, yeah, go kill somebody. Yeah, go find but, go find a pretty young woman and uh, kill her. Yeah, and Frankenstein is worried about the, yeah. the he kind the of says to him sourcing yeah he like says to himself like well accidental deaths happen all the time yeah like as a way to like comfort himself of like i'm I'm sure some young woman out there has has died yeah. tonight and if she just died because of some tragic accident then we're not hurting anybody by taking her heart right yes and make sure she's hot <laughs> i think they actually say something similar pretty close to that, yeah. yeah well they say that uh, they, she they, has to be young yeah and something i don't i don't remember yeah it's and the uh the guy who goes out and does that um murdering is mm-hmm. dwight fry mm. who is renfield in oh. dracula and he also was fritz the hunchback in the original frankenstein who gets uh, killed yes. apparently um his character in this is a a combination of four characters one of whom wow. is also fritz because for whatever reason the person who wrote this forgot that fritz died <laughs> and so he just wrote him back into it um and so you'll see he ha- i guess you'll see he has a, a few different companions yeah. in this movie yeah and it's because it's four different characters that they just gave to dwight fry because uh huh. james whale was a big fan of dwight fry mm-hmm. and he got pigeonholed pretty bad mm-hmm. after dracula um he was a, from what I understand, he was a he was a really good actor. Mm-hmm. Did a lot of Broadway stuff, and then he did Dracula and basically got pigeonholed as Renfield for the rest oh, of his career. That sucks. And so James Whale would go out of his way to give him parts and stuff. You know, parts like Renfield. Yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, he's good at it. No, he is. I mean, you know, I think I think he's really fun in this movie. I still don't fully understand why the monster goes after him. 
Yeah, that scene is weird. Yeah, I it's think just that's like, hey, a, remember in the first one when this same thing happened? I think that's probably uh, a result of meshing the, the characters together. Yeah. But uh, yeah, when Frankenstein... I, that whole scene where the monster yeah, goes up the to monster. the roof and ca- starts smashing stuff mm-hmm. seems very odd. I don't know why they do that other than to just do it. It's funny how I still find myself slipping and calling the monster Frankenstein. <laughs> it's 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 like such a thing that's that, that just like is in your head from the time you were a very small child that it's hard to separate that 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 that's not you know the doctor is Frankenstein the monster is the monster. yeah but you know I think it kind of actually works thematically though because like yeah. the, the creature is Frankenstein's son yeah and with 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 a son comes your surname you know true so, true yeah monster H Frankenstein it's that well what he should have said is mm. I'm sorry Frankenstein is my father you can call me tr- you know chat or something <laughs> monster monster uh, have you ever seen there's uh on the DVD from Monster Squad hmm. there's a great special feature where Tom Noonan who plays the Frankenstein monster mm-hmm. is doing an interview in full makeup oh as the monster, but he's talking like Tom Noonan. Oh my god! But he's talking about how's like, yeah, my agent called me and they said they want me to come down and do this monster thing. And I said, I've been doing monster things for seventy years. You know, why can't you get me something like a soap opera? Or something, you know? That's amazing. It's pretty good. It's, oh man. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so we get yeah. to we get up to the we go back to the original laboratory, mm-hmm. fire up all the awesome electrical things. Those electrical things are so cool. They're so cool, and I. Lo- in this movie, I love some of the like side conversation throwaway lines. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've, I know I've mentioned this before. I watch movies with subtitles a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I have partial hearing in one ear, so sometimes I need them, and then other times it's just because I feel like I catch more. <laughs> like sure, even if I understand and I don't need to hear every nuanced word to get what's happening in a movie, I feel like I catch more of things when I get to see the text written out. And in this movie, there are some great just like throwaway pieces of dialogue. Like when they're arriving at the lab, one of them said, "One person says, um, I think Pretorius says, oh, the watch out, this the stairs are slimy. And somebody else says, oh, I like it. It brings a certain charm or something <laughs> like that. And it's just really funny that like that's the, the conversation happening amongst this group where Henry Frankenstein has been kind of blackmailed. Mm. I mean, definitely blackmailed into participating because his wife's been kidnapped right and they're gonna oh, kill her about that. yeah they're threatening to kill elizabeth so he's gotta participate and the monsters with them and there's there's carl or fritz or whatever his name is his name in this mm-hmm. is i don't actually remember what his name is his name in this is carl carl so there's Carl and there's Dr. Pretorius and there's other various henchmen and things. And this is the conversation happening between them. Yeah. you know, I love it. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, they get there and they get settled in with Elizabeth in the dungeon and Frankenstein up in the tower with Pretorius putting together a woman. Yeah. I kind of wish that they didn't have to resort to kidnapping Elizabeth, but it makes sense. Yeah. You know, I, the I, monster that's... is. I I like that the monster gets. Um, in the first movie, if I remember correctly, he goes after Elizabeth as well. He does, but, but with less like specific intent. Yeah, this is actually is from what I remember more similar to the book. I mm. think, unless I'm, 
Unless my, I haven't read the book in so long. My understanding of the book might just be this the, movie, the, the movie Mary Shelley's Frankenstein <laughs> from the mid '90s. But I think I'm pretty sure that the monster goes after Elizabeth and uh, essentially kidnaps her as a way to blackmail. I believe he uses her to blackmail Frankenstein into making him a mate. I think so. It's been so long since I, I read can't it. Remember. I can't remember. And I, I know that he kills her in the book. Mm. He, he uh, The monster does kill Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Um, but here I think it's it's similar where you kind of have, I should say, they, they approximate that idea as well as they can because mm. you've got Pretorius as kind of the mouthpiece for the monster. Mm-hmm. But you still get to have the monster there. Like it's it's pretty good when he walks in out of the shadows and just goes Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but it's interesting because I I think this goes to what you were saying a little bit ago about how there's so much going on in this movie mm-hmm. that Frankenstein himself gets sort of pushed off to the side, mm-hmm. and I think that's why some of this other stuff feels like a little iffy and 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 at least I'm always kind of uncertain if I like it or not. Uh, for instance, having the monster kidnap her. Because I think some of it's done in service of trying to keep Frankenstein as a believable protagonist. Yeah. You know, that he's not just fully committed back to the dark side. Like you, you, I guess he you does. Know, you like, do need... it. While it's probably more interesting if he does... Of his own free will choose it. Yeah. I So I think, I think what... The math that needs to be done is the math that gets you to the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Right. So if Frankenstein himself goes full in right. on the creation and starts going mad again, yep. then I think by that character math, he needs to be the one, in order to redeem him enough mm-hmm. that you uh, accept the fact that he walks off into the sunset with his wife. Yeah. Frankenstein then needs to be the one that destroys everything. Right. Right, rather but, than the monster. Yeah. Yes, but if you keep Frankenstein himself with one foot in the good box. Yes, where he's only doing this. He he had decided against it. He pulled himself back from the brink through Elizabeth's love. Yeah. And the only reason he's doing this now is to keep her safe. Yeah. Because yeah. if he's if he's full on mad scientist yeah. and the monster destroys everything, he learns nothing. Right. He either has to die in the destruction again. Right. Or there needs to be some other way to have him be redeemed. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, unfortunately, that makes kind of like a boring character. Well, I, it doesn't have to be boring, but again, there's so much stuff going on. It's, right. Who, do we really need more scenes with fucking Henry? Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> there, was not. A whole, yeah. there was a whole subplot they cut out of this. Really? Where um, Jesus. Carl, Carl kills his own parents <laughs> and then frames the monster for it. And there was like a number of scenes- Dedicated to this subplot. I'm glad they didn't go <laughs> yes. down that route. That would have been not maybe a good addition from, to the movie. From yes. the themes of the movie. Yeah. But yeah, but this, so the scene where they make the bride is so great. Yeah. Like the, oh, yeah. the like the 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 scientists have gone full deranged, and so the camera angles are sideways, yep. and everything's tilted, and they shoot their faces. Their faces almost become like the drama, like the tragedy and mm-hmm. comedy masks. Yeah, like those, their eyes are like black, and their mouths are kind of twisted. Those high contrast lighting shots, close ups. Yeah, and stuff. they look yeah. so good, and just like the music rising as mm-hmm. they kind of 
put the kites out and put, put her up into the lightning. It's it's still so effective, even though it's essentially the same scene as when the monster was created. It it still works, in my opinion. Yeah, and I think I think it's a little bit more. I think they beef it up a little bit in this one. Um, and I, but I, I don't think it goes too over the top. Well, I mean, it does, but that's for the better of. <laughs> it goes the over the top in a way that fits with the rest of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and. Uh, I think that that whole sequence is largely um, dialogue free. I think it's a lot of yeah. it's a lot of just any dialogue in there is a lot of like pull the lever, yes, blast the cosmic diffuser, pull the chain, <laughs> you know that kind of shit. And the monster chasing Carl around on the roof, going, Arr! yeah, why not? Yeah. He's 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 stressed out. He's yeah. nervous. He he's, doesn't know. This what is how expect. he de-stresses. He just throws a guy off a roof. Yeah, yeah. If if only we all could. Um. And of course, then we are introduced to the Bride of Frankenstein. Yes. What did, what did you think of the Bride? I love the Bride. Yeah. <laughs> I love the. I love like that she's sort of got this like skittish bird energy about her, like the head tilting, yeah. and I love that like she is grotesque and beautiful in equal measure. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that they like dress her up in a gown. <laughs> yeah, I love. <laughs> I always like that that it's they do that shot of the two of them kind of like letting her yes, thing down. Yes, yes, because they want they want her dress to fall the right way for her grand introduction to the yeah. world. You know, it's just a it's just yeah. a medical thing she's wearing that happens to look like a beautiful yes. wedding dress. Yeah. And I find it really interesting that they call her the bride of Frankenstein because that makes it sound like That's she's true. going to marry Frankenstein. Yeah. Rather than you know, I I don't know. I don't know what else they would call her. It's it's a great name. I'm not complaining about it, but it is kind of funny, grammatically speaking. Yeah, I guess it sounds better than like the Bride by Frankenstein. Yeah, that's that sounds like a clothing line. It does. Yeah, but it's also interesting because again, we're going back to matrimony, which mm-hmm. has been like the huge theme of this movie. And if she's the Bride of Frankenstein, then what's Elizabeth? Yeah. Good question. Also, the Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, I wonder if this is ground zero for the Frankenstein, Frankenstein's monster thing, mm. because he says the Bride of Frankenstein. Right. Like, oh well, Frank the monster. Right. Yeah. She's intended to marry Frankenstein, which that must be the monster. The other thing that I find so interesting about saying it that way mm-hmm. is that once she comes online, so to speak, <laughs> um, when the monster comes out. To meet her, yeah. she of course reacts the way every woman in has college reacted. reacted to me. <laughs> um, but what she does is no. she cuddles up to Doctor Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. You there's know? a moment where he sort of kind of tries to recede away from her, and she follows him. It's like a dance. Yeah. Um, and then when she sort of tries to get away from the monster, he catches her and like places her on a seat. And sits sits next to her, and she's like very fixated on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what's what happens. Because the, gr- he's, the girl he's you like the, is always into your best friend. He's the uh, quote unquote handsome guy yes. in this in this movie, and the monster is not. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, I do think it is amazing, uh, and a testament to how good Jack Pierce was at his job mm. that they managed to get a second all-timer iconic makeup in this series yeah that very rarely very rarely happens yeah 
Um, you know, like Wolfman, we nailed it. <laughs> Nothing else to do here. Creature from the Black Lagoon, we nailed it. We tried to change it in the next ones. It didn't really go so well. Yeah. This one, new monster, just nailed it. Like they, it's as famous as the original Frankenstein yeah. design, and it really, it's 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 a lot more obviously a lot more subtle. Yeah. Um, but it is no less uh, effective. Right, and and iconic, like you were saying. Yeah. It's, it's as well known as the classic Frankenstein's monster makeup. If you see somebody dressed as the Bride of Frankenstein for Halloween or whatever, you don't need to have seen this movie to understand who right, she is. Right. Like you're like, oh yeah, you got the hair with the white streaks on the side, a big kind of bouffant. Mm-hmm. You've got the stitches on your face. You're wearing the big flowy gown, Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, it's yeah. it is so um, it's it's so interesting to see how it is. She's still a glamorous old Hollywood mm-hmm. starlet mm-hmm. because even though she is a horrible monster made from the parts of dead people, yep. uh, basically the only s- scarring and stitching on her face is mm-hmm. like just under her jaw right. in places you don't really see. Yeah. Um, and I think she might have some on her wrists, but she's mostly band- bandaged yeah. up. Um, but yeah, she's just a, a gorgeously made up woman with a couple Facelift yeah. scars. Which is interesting because it makes you think about the fact that that means Pretorius and Frankenstein must have taken that much more care with her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that... This is kind of why I was saying I think what Pretorius brings to the table is aesthetics. Mm. I think he's better at the visuals of it, um, which would explain how you know the sewing skills involved got so much better and why the result this time with his help looks like some something much closer to a normal human woman yeah versus the monster poor thing yeah um in addition to the bride's makeup mm-hmm. uh jack pierce kind of tops himself with frankenstein's makeup itself because mm. i don't know if you noticed this because i didn't notice this mm. um but the frankenstein's monster has three distinct looks in the movie mm. um where he's actually growing his hair back and kind of oh regenerating his the places he's been burned so at the beginning of the movie he's like burnt down to the scalp and he's got more stuff on his face and then as the movie goes his hair actually grows out a little bit more oh wow the the end of the movie he's got a bit more hair and his face is a little bit clearer wow i will have to go back and look at that i didn't notice that yeah the guy was a genius uh he was also an asshole (laughs) apparently every story anybody who ever worked with him told was basically like yeah he was kind of a shithead elsa lanchester said that um i think it was her she said that uh when it whenever you went into the trailer you could not be the first person to talk to him he Hmm. would always say hello first and then you could converse with him oh god yeah he thought he was the king of the king of the mountain and then once they invented foam latex they fired his ass Which is so sad because obviously he was extraordinarily skilled and, yeah. and made some really beautiful and iconic makeup looks. But like, really? going to treat people that way? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it, uh, Rick Baker said that um, what happened to Jack Pierce is something he has really tried in his career to avoid. Because mm. Jack just didn't change with the, the modern technology. And so he yeah. eventually his skills weren't needed anymore. Right. Because there were, there were other other tools at the dis- at their disposal right yeah. and so rick baker and the, the other guys the more modern guys are have all had all been very good about 
um, using new technologies to stay current and stuff. Yeah. Until they all eventually got also shit canned because of CGI for the most part. Thanks, CGI. Yeah. Go watch the remake of The Wolfman if you want to see what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, is there anything else? Uh, is there anything else you wanted to hit before we round it out? Just that the music in this is really interesting. Yes. Yeah. Music by Franz Waxman. Ooh. And uh, it is the first movie was did not have a score, mm-hmm. uh, but this one obviously does. And it is um, it's a very almost modern score. Yeah. Because he uses a lot of uh, character themes and motifs that come up when different characters are on screen in a way that I feel like is pretty still pretty new in 1935. Yeah, yeah and 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 the main theme or at least the one that I kind of took as one of the main themes has this almost like romantic quality mm. to it. There's like a a swelling at at one point that's almost like a fantasy mm-hmm. m- moment more than a horror moment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's an interesting combination of the two because mm. uh <clears throat> push my glasses up here (laughs) he did he literally did that if you all remember from the wolfman episode i Mm. talk about the idea of this tritone the devil's triad um uh that movie's almost 10 maybe eight years after this Mm -hmm. but this movie is kind of doing the same thing because the the bride's main theme is bum 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 Mm -hmm. and they play that a few times but then the back end of it and, and so that that three note pattern feels kind of ominous, but then there's this back end to it that is like, like you're saying, like more um, fantastical or or, yeah. or romantic, where yeah. when the the strings kind of come in, it's like bum bum bum. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, and I was way off key there. But. <laughs> but it's like it's it's very strangely like beautiful. Yeah. Instead of just ominous. Right, yeah. Like it adds this different layer to to things where you're you're kind of not sure if you're supposed to be scared or enchanted. And and they 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 use it really in a I feel like what be in a very more uh, modern way where the first time you hear that mm-hmm. is when Pretorius is talking about building the bride in the crypt. Mm. They layer that that tritone thing in while he's talking about yeah. it and that stuff. It's all that's little details that I feel like are easy to overlook you know for people who aren't mm-hmm. conductors and orchestrators people like me that have to just <laughs> read about it on the internet or people like me who have to get you to tell me all about it <laughs> i'm sorry i didn't i didn't mean to uh Mike. to to use that as a jumping off point to talk at you was it yeah no 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 i, I wanted i knew if i brought it up you would probably have more information than me since you are a much more musically inclined yeah, person than i am um but yeah it is it is a very unique score Mm. Um, and he's got, he's got similar, what's the word? Uh, similar kind of character motifs for mm-hmm. the monster. And, uh, I don't know if Pretorius, I think Pretorius has one too, but I can't remember yeah. exactly. But yeah, it's, it has always stood out to me as being the first of the universal monster movies to really have a, a memorable score to it. That's kind of how I was feeling because, you know, I was thinking back to Frankenstein and couldn't really remember if there was any music at all. Yeah. And that one. And then we recently did the Wolfman, which does have, you know, it has its score, but it comes after this one. And I was just, you know, thought it was interesting and this, that this is so different, like than the original Frankenstein. Yeah. Having this, very prominent score that really kind of sets the tone. Yeah, I think overall, 
this movie really kind of sets the tone, not just musically, but just mm. generally for what the idea of a sequel becomes. Mm. Because this movie is a lot slicker than the first Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. Like, I think yeah, that's yeah, kind of yeah. what, one of the things I love about the first one is that the first one still feels pretty raw and pretty yes, grimy. Yes, it does. Yeah. And this one is just, you know, the sets are cooler. Like, that, the in, the interior of the Frankenstein castle with all those, like, low vaulted ceilings is really yeah. cool. Um, they do this really nice uh, environment change in the first sequence with the monster in the woods where mm. the first section of woods he's in is like flowers and waterfalls and everything's yes. great. And then once the mob comes after him, yep. it's these like rocks and dirt yep. and really tall trees that yep. don't have branches on them that are mm-hmm. great for cutting down and strapping people to. Yes. <laughs> for hauling people around yeah. tied to them. Yeah. And even the, the, the sequence at the end is a bit more bombastic and a bit bigger than, oh, yeah. than it was in the original. Yeah, and I I do I feel like a lot of the stuff that in the original was left sort of for you to parse out as a viewer to whatever extent you feel inclined. Mm-hmm. A lot of it in this is a lot more in your face. Mm-hmm. Like the layers of sort of the religious Im- imagery, the matrimony stuff, the potential gay stuff, like all of that is pretty overt. And hard to miss. And it makes the movie feel a little more laden down with like kind of themes and symbols. Mm -hmm. Like every everything. And I don't mean this necessarily in a negative way, but it's kind of like everything you're seeing has layers of meaning. Yeah. And you can kind of keep going through them. Whereas in the first one, you could also just as easily watch it purely as just a, a monster movie. Yeah. And it's a little simpler. And again, there's like pros and cons to that, I think. Yeah, I think the first one has kind of its central conceit. Yeah. Which is like, all right, what does this mean? What can we do with this? Right. Whereas this one, as you're saying, is just like, it's like eight different things at yes. the same time. Yeah, yeah. I feel like you could watch you you could watch the original Frankenstein and the purity of the theme. Like like the fact that there's kind of one driving central question, which is what happens when a human tries to play God? Mm-hmm. Um you can add nuance to that, but like, that's kind of it is like, that's the main, the main theme. And so it gives you this very clean and clear experience Mm. where you can really just like sink into, to, to what's happening to these characters and with the monster. And in this one, it's a little tougher because there are so many of those layers. You could watch this movie like three times through and pay attention to different, a different layer each time and there's like the camp of it Mm -hmm. that can be sometimes distracting almost um because there are characters like Minnie who are very over the top oh boy and so it makes it tonally feel a little uneven like there's times where you're like giggling about somebody because they're being insane yeah and then like somebody is horribly attacked yeah the tone is very strange yeah um Especially at the beginning, mm-hmm. when they're dealing with the fallout of the 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 burned down mill, yeah, because Minnie shows up and she is first really going for it. Many appearances. <laughs> um, I guess she, uh, she was also in the Invisible Man, and basically playing the exact same character. And James ha- Whale, I think, just loved her, uh-huh. so he put her into this. But like, even in that scene, you've got her doing her big 
big swing thing. Yes. And then you've also you're you've got the the parents of the girl who gets killed in the first one. Yeah. Playing things super straight. Yeah. And then you've got the Burgermeister guy being like, go to sleep. Time to go back. And, blah, 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 he you know. literally yells at everyone to go to sleep. Yeah. You know, it's a lot of that <laughs> stuff. And, uh, and so it is a very odd tone yeah. where it's, I don't, it, I feel like the tone kind of, it focuses up as the movie goes. Like you get yeah. a lot less goofy shit. Yeah, but, but it's still on. in there. It's it is. Just, it it's is. just the the other things have taken sort of more prominence, and yeah. so they're easier to focus on. But but the but the weird humor kind of elements are still in there throughout the whole thing, and that camp aspect never goes away. Like like the way they introduce the bride is very campy. Sure. Yeah. Like it's a very it's... intense moment, and it's a very iconic moment. But them flaring out her dress in unison. Yeah, it's and the sort of him. Him standing and kind of standing with his hands like oh, yeah. this. And he's like, behold, the bride of Frankenstein. <laughs> like, it's very over the top. It is, but it's not played for laughs, mm-hmm. you know, where it's like the True. earlier stuff feels like it's it's jokes. True. You know, like the stuff yeah. with Minnie, that all stuff gets jokey. Yeah. The later stuff is campy, but it's not. Quite as just haha yeah it's campy but it's it's being this sounds so stupid to say but it's campy but it's respectful (laughs) you know like it's if that's even possible to do no no no. i totally get it it's 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 campy in a more i don't know yeah oh oh yeah it's not it's not making fun of the bride and it's not making fun of the monster minnie's not in there going like oh she's quiet bride all right mr frankenstein you know like you know what i mean yes i do understand what you mean minnie seems to be the difference yes yeah Yeah. disrespectful or respectful is minnie in it yeah yeah and also i mean that first sequence i mean we mentioned frankenstein the monster kills way more people apparently originally was supposed to kill a lot more the original body count of the first script for this was like 25 people. Jesus. <laughs> but I think they cut it down. I think he kills like 10 people. In this. That's still a lot. And there, um, you know when he breaks out of jail? Uh-huh. And um, right before they find the little girl who apparently has been killed by him. Yeah. There's the scene where they go into that house and they find two more people, one upstairs. Yeah, one of them's groaning. So I well, think one of them's alive. Well, they added that in afterwards. Oh. <gasps> Because they thought it was too dark. Oh my God, and to have so they, all of these people dead. So they added in groans to imply that maybe they hadn't died maybe yet. Maybe they hadn't died yet. Yeah. Oh my God. But yeah, so it's yeah. it's uh, it's quite a movie. It's it's quite, yes. would you, uh, how do you feel about the placement? It is number 20 now. It was number 11 before. I feel pretty good about somewhere between 10 and 20. <laughs> yeah. Like, like it's, again, it's so iconic and it's a character that, you don't need to have watched this movie to know who the Bride of Frankenstein is and mm-hmm. to know what she looks like. Right. So I feel like top twenty five makes makes sense for this one to me. Yeah, I would say so too. I yeah. I think I don't think this is a scary movie. Um, no, but you know, I don't, I don't think the original Frankenstein is necessarily scary. I think the original is scary. Sure. Yeah. I, I I think both of them have been sanded down over the years because yeah. of just you know whatever right. but i feel like if you're going straight up like at the time which one is scary i'm gonna say probably the first one yeah probably um and i i would put them yeah i would i don't remember where frankenstein is at this point but uh mm. 
I can tell you in a second. Interesting question, actually. Frankenstein, I believe we did that one fairly early. It's the second one we ever did, which is now number 20. Wait, what? (laughs) I don't think that's true anymore, Clay. That is not true anymore. (laughs) Anyway, it's somewhere in there. Mm, We hope. Now I got to do this on Google shit on... On a a hot mic. All right. Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) 200... Oh, jeez, I can't talk and type at the same time. Choose one. Okay. Frankenstein. 33. Huh. Which I think is far too low. I would swap the them in that case. Yeah, I, I would I would keep them I would keep them at their original numberings, which is Frankenstein was fourteen mm-hmm. and Bride was eleven. I think Bride gets a bit of a bump for me just because mm. it's like, I don't know. It, it it seems like it's everything. It's a bit more refined. Yeah. But I, I, I think I personally prefer the original, but that's just I me. think I prefer the original too. I think <clears throat> I would put that closer to one. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think if you, if you told me for original Frankenstein was 11 and this one was 20, I'd be like, great. Yeah. 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 Uh, this was the second of three occasions that mm. uh Karloff played the monster he only did it one more time in son of frankenstein which mm. is not as good of a movie i still that after the monster and the bride have gotten a divorce and they have to learn how to co-parent yeah and... basically well it's, it's it's actually the title is actually literally correct where it's it is the son of dr frankenstein ah got it i was is, see that's confusing this is why is, the bride of frankenstein thing is is really confusing though it has made me wish that there was a remake of the bride of frankenstein that was actually about elizabeth Ooh, interesting and then also the frankenstein making up a, a mate for the monster yeah i know i believe guillermo del toro is currently doing a frankenstein movie do it guillermo and so i don't know what I that's have, gonna be. I have faith in you. It's honestly <laughs> Frankenstein. It'll probably look amazing. Oh yeah, if yeah, if it's like his other movies, it'll look fantastic, and the script will be like a B minus. Um, I Frankenstein is the number one movie monster. Who I'm like, you if you can make Frankenstein scary again, mm-hmm. I feel like you've written your ticket to do anything you want. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it is and the hardest one. they've tried to reboot Frankenstein several times now and most of them have been abysmal. Yeah, I mean, not to, to go down the whole that whole thing, but mm-hmm. like, it, they keep trying to make these universal movies into like yeah. action movies. Yeah. And, and it sucks. Yeah. Like yeah. the, the Invisible Man was great because it was like, it was a horror movie. Yes. It was, anyway. Yeah. Um, but I hope I hope he does something really cool with it. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Son of Frankenstein is. I recommend watching it. Mm. It's very like stylish, uh, f- photographically mm. unbelievable. Mm. The sets are so cool. They're Neat. like all really highly stylized expressionist sets. Around when did this come out? Uh, I want to say within five <laughs> years of this. That's that's close enough. <laughs> I didn't mean to send you down another rabbit well, hole. I'm, I'm already halfway down. Yeah. Uh, 39. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. And it's it's just uh, like every I have paused multiple times in that movie to like screen mm. cap it because they're the composition of the shots is just gorgeous. Cool. Uh, it features Bela Lugosi playing hey. a hunchback, <laughs> and 
and he does a he has really good scenes with Karloff as the mm. monster. Um, Karloff, the monster, <laughs> for some reason, gets like a furry coat that he wears. <gasps> I love it. Yeah, it's like a tunic. Oh my a god, furry tunic. Yes. Um, Sounds cozy. But he didn't want to keep doing it after that because it was basically he felt like it was diminishing returns, which yeah. it ended up being because. What he was afraid was going to happen ultimately did happen where mm. uh, Son of Frankenstein, he doesn't talk. Mm, so they kind of dialed him back in that way. Huh. And after that, Frankenstein, at, when he shows up in these movies, yeah. basically shows up for the last five minutes. Yeah, like most of, yeah he's in, uh, obviously, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. Mm-hmm. Um House of Frankenstein, House of Dracula. Are they all sort of like Jason Goes to Hell style where Jason doesn't go to hell until the very end of the movie? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, House of Dracula and House of Frankenstein, I think, are both just about uh, like the Frankenstein monster is there. And like in the last five minutes, they turn him on and he starts Ah. smashing shit. Uh, Frankenstein meets the Wolfman. I think he's in it a bit more. Mm. Uh, Interestingly enough, played by... Bell Lugosi in that huh. movie. Yeah. Because uh, in Son of Frankenstein, we're doing this now. <laughs> the plot of Son of Frankenstein is that uh, Bor- uh, Bell Lugosi. <laughs> Borat. Borat. Bride, the, the, the wife of the, Frankenstein. The bride of Borat. Um, Bell Bell Lugosi is a uh, hunchback who was a helper to the other dr frankenstein which we know uh the monster does not really favor no yeah um who has throws those off of roofs he has a he has he has a hunchback and his neck has been broken because he had been hanged but he (gasps) didn't die whoa that's kind of an amazing story it's pretty good yeah and so um he tells the son of frankenstein that your father promised me he would put my brain into the (gasps) monster's body and so essentially what happens i can't remember if they can com- i think they do actually complete that switch oh and so lugosi playing the monster in <laughs> frankenstein meets wolfman is was supposed to follow up on that oh but they ended up cutting like 90 percent of his stuff so it just didn't matter it was yeah. just like well and this time it's bella lugosi i end. think the only time that you even can tell it's lugosi is mm-hmm. there's a couple close-ups where he goes mm-hmm. and that's it um, ironically, he actually was supposed to play Frankenstein in the first one, but he said no uh-huh. because he didn't want a role with no lines. The, es- the estate of Boris Karloff. Thanks you, Bella. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, he's popped up all over the play. The monsters popped up in many other movies. Oh yeah. Um, he was rebooted a number of times in the hammer movie. I, really hope that we get to do some of the hammer frankensteins because mm. I, I probably said this in the last frankenstein episode have you know we've done three frankenstein movies so far i think we that's the the biggest number of the same monster we've done because on what's, patreon we did flesh for frankenstein oh shoot that's right <laughs> yeah. i just don't think of that as like frankenstein right it's frankenstein. not yeah, yeah yeah but the hammer ones really kind of they flip the the um uh the point of view where mm. Frankenstein himself mm-hmm. is the monster. And I don't mean that mm. like literally like he does he's not undead or anything, but Peter Cushing as Frankenstein yeah. is the the thing that goes through each movie. Yeah. And he is a horrible person. <laughs> 
every movie he gets worse and it's nice. fucking great. Yeah, that sounds really fun. My there's a one of them is um Frankenstein Must Be Destroyed, which fantastic title, first yeah. of all. Which, Seriously, it's uh, like a Giallo title. Yeah, yeah, and it's awesome. I that's gonna be one of my <laughs> wild cards at some point. But nice. uh Yep, Frankenstein's out there. Watch out for him. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna hit the randomizer button. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, 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 boop. And uh, we are staying in black and white territory. Oh. But we are jumping a few decades up. We're going to be doing number 82, David Lynch's Eraserhead. Oh, boy. Which in- Another interesting one, which I don't know if I'd call it a horror movie. Oh, boy. But uh, it'll be... I haven't watched that in many a year. Yeah, me either. I think I've only seen it once. I have also only seen it once, but we'll, we'll get into it next yeah, time. Yeah, that'll be a good one. Yes. Uh, thank you guys for listening. If you want to help support the show, head over to patreon.com slash the Penske file where you can follow Amanda and I as we go on our journey through the video nasties this year. Yes. Last year we did the second string of Stephen King. The year before that we did the entire Friday the 13th series. And it looks like next year we're going to be doing uh, the Halloween series in some form. I yes. think we're going to do I think we're going to do all of them except for 2018 because we already because did we already that. did that. We yes. technically also did Halloween Kills, but it was a live stream so that doesn't really count. Yeah. Um, so that's the plan is to do uh, 11 of the uh, 12 of the 13 Halloween movies yeah. next year. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you, Clay. And we'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye.